Return to Camp Blood, episode 58. Sit on a Tonto. This episode is brought to you by Friday the 13th Franchise.com. Jesus Christ. Jason's alive. He killed my friend, now he's coming for me. He's got a death curse. Jason's a legend. I'm Mrs. Ward, an old friend of the Christie's. Jason belongs in hell. You're doing it if you stay here. Never come back again. You see, Jason was my son, and today is his birthday. Welcome to another episode of Return to Camp Blood. I'm your host, Eric, joined by my fellow counselors, Lando. Hey, what's going on? And Nate. Hey, what's up, guys? Tonight, we're joined by Ron Milkey, the original member of Crystal Lake's Finest, who played Officer Dorf in 1980's Friday the 13th. How are you doing tonight, sir? Doing very well. I'm honored to be on your show, guys. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks for being on, sir. The honor is ours. Um, Mr. Milkey... Were you given any direction on your character of Officer Dorf uh, beforehand? What knowledge did you have of the other actors going on? Was it a surprise? or uh, No. When Sean sent me the sides before my audition, it pretty well spoke what he was. It, it was so well written, I had to have no additional coaching the guy was. It was obvious comedy relief, you know, a surprise in a horror movie. And um, so there wasn't too much that Sean had to tell me. It was Mr. Miller and Sean wrote it, and it was uh, a great little scene. He says, gee, I hope I get this. And this guy is very filled with himself. and It's like a lot of small-town cops that I've, uh, I've known in the past. Um, not a bad guy, very taken with himself. His power in his mind extends power as far as... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you definitely, definitely nailed it. You know, I wonder... About that scene, you said it was so well written, and you know you did go out there and perform it so well. But how many takes did it require to get through that? Because there's so much of it, just like that deadpan machismo that you've got. You had to have been cracking people up. Did it take a, a lot of shots to get that finally done, or did you guys two. just fly right through it? Did you say fly. two? Sean, two takes. The first take, Sean said, uh, a little over the top, Ron. Uh, I'm, I'm horrified to think what if the first take was over the top and the second was, was <laughs> being over the top. I can't imagine what I did the first time. So, uh, but you know, I've got I've been criticized about that, uh, saying that oh, Ron Mill overacted. Some people, not not everyone, but you know, um, Al Pacino was labeled uh, overacting in Scarface, one successful. Right, and right. a lot of people said, oh, he overacted. He was terrible, but yet it's a paramount role. And uh, looking at Friday the 13th, I don't think I overacted. In comedy, you have to go a little a little above the above it. And the only shot I did not like, if I had to do it over, I would change, was my very last close-up before I took off on that. I would... And I think a, a reason that your character resonates with everybody is your character was so spot on for the way that I remember cops in my hometown. And not, I'm, I support the blue line, but that's just, you nailed it. And it's, <laughs> it's so perfect. true. Yes, I know. And, you know, I think it still exists, too, just like me. But, um, you know, the security guard, I live in a, in, in a building. We have a lot of security guards. And you'd think they were J. Edgar Hoover. I mean, they don't <laughs> even carry a weapon, seriously. And they walk like Officer Dorf around the building, the security <laughs> guard. So I think, you know, they need the, they need the image to feel that power carried off. And I've known a cop from my hometown of Connecticut. 
that were just like Dorf, you know, really. Uh, uh, I remember a cop said to me something very cruel when I was eight years old and sitting with my bicycle in the back of the And he said to me, oh, yeah, Milky, Milky, we locked your dad up one. And I was horrified. And this cop said he locked my dad up. And my mom says, yes, Ronnie, what happened was uh, separated and divorced. Your father was going to be shipped overseas. And he came to the house, was sleeping, and my grandfather with my dad in. So my dad had a few drinks in him, I guess, and uh, he was a wild man. And so what he did, he scaled the house, don't ask me how he did, and climbed up and got into my bedroom, picked me up and cradled me. My grandfather called. But it, the point being that it was not necessary for this cop. He had locked my dad up because he was filled with him, I think, officer. But, um, gee, I didn't think I'd tell that story. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. Sorry. It is. It's interesting. It's unfortunate. I call it, uh, I usually, uh, Nick, uh, Linda Blair's line, uh, and call it a much too vulgar display of power. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I know, uh, we've talked before and, you know, you've traveled around, you've done some conventions and that kind of thing. What kind of interaction do you get from the fans? I mean, beyond just how people being excited to be around people kind of thing. I mean, have you gotten any strange requests for people for autographs or leaving voicemail messages on their cell phones or anything like that? What's the craziest thing you've ever had a fan ask you about? <laughs> okay. I usually don't tell the story, but right now I don't care. The weirdest, <laughs> the weirdest by far request I ever got was some guy in Spain who wanted a picture of the soles of my bare feet. <laughs> Which I declined. <laughs> I declined to say. So, can't get much weirder than. No, I don't even know what to think about it. I, no, uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> let's let's, let's not awesome. go into it. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no. There's some things you got to leave alone. <laughs> I think out of all the people you've talked to, that's the most strangest request I've heard of them all. I would have to. It agree. was kind of scary. Not what I want. Not why it became with no socks on, but uh, you know. Whatever, I'm sure. Look at Jodie Foster. You know, did she when she was doing Taxi Driver did to uh, cause a crazy fan to try to shoot the president of the United States? Right. Nope. Nor did Salinger when he wrote Catcher in the Rye. So uh, you know, I still get letters, and uh, really very uh, pleased that I the opportunity Friday to the Mark and by. So um, it's a wonderful. You know, they're they're always banding about the idea of the next Friday. I mean, there's room the storyline changes what company is going to make it and all that kind of stuff. But would you ever be open to return to the franchise if they wanted you to even portray a different role, just kind of as a nod back to the original? Sure, of course. You know, most actors, I'm, I'm not at the point and I don't have a career for, I really never even had a career. I mean, I got lucky with one movie, you know, like mm-hmm. what to me, Ron, your career has been going. No, I, I never had a career. I did, uh, I did Friday the 13th and I did 14 other horror movie career. But in there, but um, yes, I would jump at the. Uh, I saw Sean Cunningham a year ago this past January, Fort Lauderdale pop uh, shock pop convention, mm-hmm. and he said, "Ron, you look great. You prequel, you can play Officer Dorf." I said, "Oh yeah." <laughs> and then at the time, there were rumors about another Friday the Thirteenth being made. Did you hear about that? And it was going to be a found footage film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that that fell by the way. Thank goodness. Yeah. Well, you never know. They might open the door for Dorf to be available. I mean, they're talking about having a little bit of a backstory and introducing Jason's father in the next film to give you a little bit more background of the the family dynamic. So who knows? You know, maybe something like that will happen. Oh, well, you know something that I don't know. There is going to be another film, another Friday the 13th. I mean, Michael Bay makes 
Go ahead. Michael Bay just did the remake a couple of years ago. See where they're going to go from there. I mean, there was a re- yeah. There haven't been a lot of de- there haven't been a lot of details, but they're talking about the next incantation of the Friday the Thirteenth will involve more backstory. It will involve Jason's father a little more information on his mother and you know his childhood growing up and that kind of thing. So, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be more along the lines of like Rob Zombie's Halloween and giving you more of a reason. You know, this is why Michael Myers ended up the way he did. Or but there, there haven't been a lot of details, but I mean, they could be going in that direction. So we're still not sure. Well, you know, people seem to forget. In fact, I was at a convention with Betsy Palmer and um, Steve, uh, Steve Dash and uh, Kane Hodder and all of them are going on about Jason and Jason. And Betsy says, wait a minute, guys. Wait, just you go back. You go back and look at the original Friday the 13th. Jason is dead. Jason was my son. He drowned. I was Jason. <laughs> and, so, and so they all had, had sober expressions on their, on their faces, but that's, that's the truth. In the original Friday the 13th, there was no Jason. He's dead. Right. Betsy Palmer was the killer. Oh, Mrs. yeah. Voorhees, uh, Mrs. Voorhees was Jason. But somehow <laughs> they liked the character of Jason, and they brought him back, and everybody, everybody forgot about the original Jason's gone. Jason's dead. He drowned. <laughs> Not us loyalists. <laughs> of course. Thank God for Jason. Absolutely. Uh, there was something I wanted to ask. I mean, we were talking a little bit. We went on air here. Um, when The Office was finishing up his run on NBC, they were interviewing some of the cast members, and Rain Wilson had said, if, if this is the greatest thing I ever do in my career, I'm fine with that. And you'd said a little earlier that you don't feel like you really did have a career, but when you look back and you say, you know, a film that has... It's as popular now as it was when it first came out. You know, films it is with horror oh, fans. Much, much, gonna live popular, forever. much more popular now. Much yeah. more popular now than it was when it. Yeah. I mean, what does that even mean though to it you? was it's the biggest money maker? Yeah. Yes, and um, the biggest fans are in their 30s and 40s because um, those are the pits thought when they were eight, nine, 12 years. And you know, when at that age, you're very impressionable. All those people, and those are the bulk of. I don't know how old you are. That, that would be that would be an accurate assessment, yeah. sir. <laughs> well, Ron, um, if you don't have anything else to add, we're go we'll go ahead and uh, drop off here and uh, let you get done what you need to get done, sir. So, thank you so much, guys. It was fun, and uh, I'm really impressed that that. Uh, thank you, sir. You have a wonderful evening. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever the hell you listen to the show. If you want to support the show financially, head over to campbloodpodcast.com slash donate. If you have a question or a theory, you can hit us up at campbloodpodcast.com slash feedback or comment on the show notes at campbloodpodcast.com slash 58. A special thanks to the Downriver Rat for our intro and outro music. You can check out his music at thedownriverrat.com. Until next time. (laughs) 